the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Another thing that's helpful in submission is do it with respect. Do it with respect. You see, you can submit and say, yeah, I'll do it, but you're, you're just gritting your teeth, and uh, if it's the last thing I do, I'll do it. And it's sheer willpower. And your husband knows that, that you have no heart for this. You're just going through the motions. That's why 1 Peter 3 says in verse 2, as they observe your chaste, which means pure, and respectful behavior. Wow, respectful behavior. In other words, uh, you're not, that is the attitude. Respect is the attitude that, that is behind the action of submission. Respect him. Welcome once again to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor since 1981 at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His clear, expository, or verse-by-verse messages come to you through the work of Verse-by-Verse Ministries. In our last class, we started to deal with what is often a hot-button topic, submission of wives to their husbands. Today, Pastor Steve is going to elaborate on that particular aspect of the character of godly young women. It's important that we understand what biblical submission really is, why it's important, and how it can be done. We can all learn from this because the Bible calls on all of us to submit to someone else. It may be a husband, a boss, a government, or church authorities. We all need to submit. Today's class is the conclusion of Pastor Steve's series of lessons on the characteristics of a godly young woman. Our main text is in the book of Titus in chapter 2. Verses 4 and 5 list several of those godly character traits. We have already learned that the young woman of God loves her husband and her children. She is sensible. She's also morally pure. She is a worker at home. Uh, Not that that's the only place she is allowed to work, but she doesn't neglect her home. And she's kind, even when life is stressful. Now today we will finish discussing the last character trait in Paul's list. The godly young woman, if she is married, is subject to her husband. Now here is Pastor Steve. So godly young women are to be workers at home, kind, and uh, number seven in, in the list is subject to their own husbands. Now, along with the concept of workers at home, the concept of a wife's submission to her husband is a truth that is often misunderstood. She, and so let me tell you what, what Paul doesn't mean. She's not a slave. That may come as a shock to some men but she's not a slave. She's not a non-entity. She's not a person whose opinions don't matter. And I don't think that was correct English, but you got the point anyway. She's not a blob there just to jump whenever the husband says, this is what I want. What does the Bible mean by a wife submitting to her husband? Very clearly it means this, that a wife is to obey her husband because in a husband and wife team, 
Someone has to be in authority and someone has to follow authority. And God has said the husband is in authority and the wife is to follow his authority. I mean, that's kind of the bottom line. This is the way God worked it out. Not because men are better than women. In fact, Galatians chapter 3 verse 28 says, In Christ there is no male or female, meaning spiritually we're all on the same level. He says also there's no, there are no Jews and Gentiles, not meaning that there aren't Jewish people and Gentile people, not meaning there aren't men and, fem- and females. He's just saying that spiritually no one has it better than anybody else, but that does not mean that the roles are, are all equal. No, we all have our distinct roles. There can be no teamwork without submission. Without submission, Steve Farrar, in his book, Point Man, Point Man, says that when it comes to Ephesians 5, verse uh, 22 and 23, which is about a, a wife submitting to her husband, he prefers a special Bible version over the KGV, the NIV, or the NASB. He prefers the NFL version. Let me read to you the NFL version. Wide receivers, submit to your quarterbacks. As to the Lord... For the quarterback is the head of the wide receiver as Christ is the head of the church. You get the point? Those of you who know football, you know that when you get in a huddle and the quarterback tells the wide receiver what the plan is, the wide receiver doesn't say, I don't like it. Not going to do it. What do you mean you're not going to do it? Well, you have no teamwork. Now, you want me to to, uh, take 10 steps out and go right? I'm going to go left. No, no, no. You're going to go right. Well, you have no teamwork. Absolutely no teamwork. Even if the wide receiver doesn't agree with the play, he better do the play or else you have no teamwork. Another word for teamwork is order or harmony. You can't have order in the home. You can't have harmony in the home if there isn't an authority and submission. This is true in the military as well. In fact, this Greek word for subject or submit is uh, was originally a military term, meaning to be ranked under. You couldn't possibly have uh, a private telling a general, I don't like those orders, I'm not going to do it. They have places for people like that. It's called being court-martialed. But you couldn't possibly run an army without order, uh, without uh, authority and submission. You can't possibly run a sports team that way, and you can't possibly have harmony in the home. You just can't have it. So the NFL version is good. That That just helps us to see it. So uh, as I said before, are wives inferior to their to their husbands? No, I mentioned Galatians 3. But did you know Peter calls uh, women fellow heirs of the grace of life? Wherever Christianity has gone, it has elevated the status of women. That is an absolute fact of history because the Bible exalts women. Jesus exalted women. If you knew anything about how women were treated in his day and age, you would thank God for not only your salvation, but what Christianity has done as far as the treatment of women. It is given respect. Uh, men haven't always followed that, but that's what the Bible teaches, respect to women. So ladies, how can you apply this truth? Older women need to teach you and model for you how to submit to your own husband. So let me give you some suggestions on this. Well, as Ephesians 5, let's look at Ephesians 5. If he, and I mentioned the NFL version. Let's look at a different version here. Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 22 says this, Wives, be subject to your own husbands. And what I want you to see is that last phrase, as to the Lord, as to the Lord. Older women need to remind younger women that yet you may be married to a difficult husband. 
You may be married to an unsaved husband. You may be married to a very carnal husband. However, what is the key in submission is not because your husband is such a great guy, but because you're doing it as unto the Lord. Your obedience to your husband is your obedience, part of your obedience to Jesus Christ. You see, who has a problem submitting to somebody you agree with? Nobody. The problem is submitting to somebody you don't agree with. But God says, do it as unto the Lord. And older women are to remind younger women that this is the way it is. And they are to model it. They ought to be doing that. Another suggestion We submit, women should submit to their husbands by trusting God to work out his plan in their life. Trusting God. Remember that? We sang about it earlier. Trusting God. That's not just songs that you sing. You take those truths and you apply them. First Peter, let me just show you what, um, how, how wonderful this is by way of illustration and exhortation. First Peter chapter two. Peter is talking about the sufferings of Christ. He says this in chapter 2, verse uh, 23, while being reviled, meaning Jesus Christ, when they took him to the cross by being reviled, he did not revile in return. That is to say they cursed at him. He didn't curse back. While suffering, he offered no threats. He uttered no threats. But what did he do? He kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. Jesus did nothing wrong, and yet he was punished, and he did not strike back. He did not utter threats, but he kept trusting God who knows all things, who judges righteously. And he himself, Peter goes on to say, bore our sins in his body on the cross that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his wounds you were healed. And uh, he says in verse 25, for you were continually straying like sheep, but now you've returned to the shepherd, the guardian of your souls. He's speaking about this great spiritual healing that's gone on in us and Jesus died for us. And then what does he say? Chapter 3, verse 1, same connection, same thought, it's connected in the same way, in the same way what? In the same way that Jesus suffered and did not threaten and rebel, but trusted God in the same way, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, so that if any of them are disobedient to the word, meaning they're unsaved, they're non-Christians, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives. In other words, as Jesus Christ submitted to evil men who put him on the cross, in the same way you wives who are married to pagan husbands submit to them because that's genuinely showing them what salvation is. You're really demonstrating true submission. You say, well, trust Christ for salvation, but you have to demonstrate what that means. Are you trusting God to get you through the hard things in life? So we submit by doing it unto the Lord. We submit by trusting God to work out his plan in your life. You're not married to an unsaved husband by accident. I don't care what the circumstances were that brought you together. Even if you disobeyed God and and knew better and married an unsaved husband, God has allowed it. He has uh, brought it about. And uh, you are sovereignly under his design for your plan for your life. And I don't understand how that all reconciles in, in, uh, in eternity. But you are to trust God that he will work out his plan for your life. Submit. Ah, but what if your husband wants you to do something that you know God considers to be wrong? Do you still submit to him? Pastor Steve will be right back to clear that up and to explain why submission is so important. First, though, let's pause for a few seconds to say hello to those of you who just tuned in. You are listening to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. 
Pastor Steve has been serving for more than 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We're glad to have you with us today as we continue a series of lessons from Titus chapter 2. We have already covered the characteristics of godly older men and women and are just wrapping up our consideration of the younger women, how they ought to behave, and how the older women can help them to learn to be more Christ-like. Now, let's head back to the classroom for some especially important thoughts. Another thing that's helpful in submission is do it with respect. Do it with respect. You see, you can submit and say, yeah, I'll do it, but you're, you're just gritting your teeth, and uh, if it's the last thing I do, I'll do it. And it's sheer willpower, and your husband knows that, that you have no heart for this. You're just going through the motions. That's why First Peter 3 says in verse 2, as they observe your chaste, which means pure, and respectful behavior. Wow, respectful behavior. In other words, uh, you're not, that is the attitude. Respect is the attitude that, that is behind the action of submission. Respect him. And there is an appropriate uh, respectfulness even in disobeying. Now, when would you disobey? The only time you would disobey is if your husband tells you to do something that would be sin. Something that clearly violates the word of God, not something that you'd like to do. Like if he says, I want you to stay home with me on Wednesday night and not go to church, then stay home with him. If he says, I never want you to go to that church again because uh, we're of another religious persuasion, then you have to respectfully disobey because the Bible says that you are not to forsake the assembling of yourselves together. But the Bible doesn't say they have to be out on Wednesday. He might say, you know, you're out too much at that church. I want you to be home with me. Then do it. But if he forbids you to fellowship ever with God's people, especially on Sundays as a pattern of life, then you have to respectfully disobey. And respect indicates that you're on his side. You're on his side. Uh, that's what a husband wants, and that's what will be meaningful to him, that you're not against him. Too many wives are against their husbands. There's no teamwork there. Listen, your husband is not the enemy. Not the enemy. You're on the same team. Just cooperate, regardless of his spiritual status. Now, we've reached the end of Paul's seven characteristics of a godly woman, but Paul is not through, nor am I through, because I only get through when Paul is through. At the end of verse 5, he states the reason for older women to teach young women to be godly. Notice the end of verse 5. That, here's a purpose, this is the purpose for it, this is the purpose for his teaching, that the word of God may not be dishonored. The purpose of all this instruction is this, the reason that older women are to invest much time and energy into counseling and training and advising young women in godly behavior, the reason is this, so that God's word is not dishonored, which means to be blasphemed. God's word is not blasphemed. As one person translated it this way, I thought it was very good. He said, so that God's word may suffer no scandal. No scandal. Ladies, do you realize how important these truths are? How important it is for you to be a Titus two kind of a woman? Do you realize what's at stake? You have no option in this. You have to obey. And it does, if you choose to disobey, you're not only impacting your own home, you're impacting many other lives. If you profess to know Jesus Christ and don't live out your Christianity in your home, then people are going to judge and criticize and belittle Christianity based on your behavior. And the attitude will be something like this. If that's the way a Christian is, then I don't want to be one. I don't want to be one. 
or your unsaved husband is going to blame the gospel on your behavior. And his attitude might be this. If this is what Christianity has turned you into, a moody, harsh woman who won't listen to me or take care of our home, you don't have time for me, you're too busy doing other things, then uh, I don't want anything to do with Christianity. It's changed you into into a, a woman that I don't like because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. How many non-Christians sneer and look down at the Bible because of uh, looking at Christian families who don't solve their problems in a biblical fashion, who get divorced just like the world, who have all kinds of unruly things happening in their lives, and uh, it sort of comforts them and, and justifies their unbelief. And that's wrong. We ought to be distinctly different. Well, ladies, you, you do have an opportunity to change things. You do have an opportunity to make a difference for Jesus Christ. You may not go to a foreign country to be a missionary. You may not have a great ministry outside of your home, but you really do in the sense that you have an opportunity to protect, as someone said, God's revelation from being profaned by living a discreet and a wholesome life. What happens in your family impacts not only your family, but many other people. And you have that opportunity. You have a wonderful ministry. Women who think they're a non-entity because they're housewives and this is all they do, they don't understand the Bible. You want to have an impact on, on lives, then obey these truths. And older women, you too, you have the opportunity to be a part of this whole process by doing the same thing and by training these younger women. That is your ministry. That's it. I mean, it doesn't mean that's the only thing you can do, but this is the heart of your ministry. And I exhort you to do that. Now, this week, young ladies, you need to try to hook up with an older woman. Don't let another week go by because you're going to, you're just going to let this go to pass if, if you do. But you need to hook up with an older woman or a group of older women who can help you in these areas. Make it a point to pray about who you get in contact with. And if they haven't gotten in contact with you yet, then you do it. You do that. Otherwise, you know how serious this is? If you don't do that, it's sin. It's sin to not older women to not be training younger women. It's, it's sin. This is not an optional thing. This is not outdated. This would be sin to not do this. And certainly those of you who are not Christians have seen godly women in action, and you need to let that have an impact on you. There may be some here who um, uh, are married, as I said the other week, married to, uh, to Christian women. You've seen the difference in their lives. You've seen godliness. Doesn't this attract you to Jesus Christ? It certainly ought to, because what Christ has done in their life he can do in your life. Let's bow for prayer. As we're quiet before the Lord, as we've heard God's word, the only issue is this. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? Women, you have a responsibility. Older women, you have the responsibility to teach and train and be a part of the lives of young women. That's your role. That's your job. That's why God has allowed you to go through so much so you can pass it on to others, even in your failures, what you've learned from them. And young women, I just exhort you to be the kind of wife and mother that God wants you to be, that God tells you to be. And those of you who are at this point too young to get married or you haven't gotten married, the, 
these standards are the goal. This is what you want to be. Will you be a worker at home? Will you be diligent? You know, it starts, teenage girls, with cleaning up your own room. It starts with cooking a few meals. It starts with being organized now. Because if you don't do it now, it doesn't automatically change the moment you're married. How about being kind? Ladies, do you need to work on that? Is kindness in your heart? Is kindness in your words? Kindness in the tone of your voice? God wants you to have that kindness. It's, it's um, not just getting the job done. It's how you get the job done. How about submission? Ladies, are you really submissive? Do you need to go home to your husbands and ask forgiveness for not being submissive? Do you need to make sure that you submit with respect, with, uh, with a trust of God? Do you trust God that, that he has a plan for you? And he has not forsaken you, that you can delight yourself in the Lord regardless of your circumstances. I trust you'll take all these things to heart. And if you've never trusted Jesus Christ, both men and women, this would be a wonderful day to do that. And I invite you to speak to one of our leaders about that. Father, I thank you that your word addresses this subject so practical, so helpful. And I pray that our young women would make the necessary changes. I pray that our young women would uh, apply these truths to their lives. I pray that uh, we would not, and they especially would not succumb to the type of pressure put upon them by our culture, our society, radical feminists. Lord, I pray that they not only would be workers at home and pure and submissive to their husbands, but they would do it unto you and do it with a cheerfulness and a delight and to uh, delight themselves in you. And, and I, I, I just pray that there would be changes in the families as a result of that. I pray for the older women. The Lord, they would not make excuses why they can't help, why they can't train, but that they would just say, see that you've said this, and it's not an option. They need to do it. I pray that you'll put it upon them to do it, because this is your word. And I pray that you'll draw, Lord, to yourself, especially those unsaved husbands, and others who have sneered at Christianity, I pray that they would see and be attracted to the gospel because of, of the impact that their wives and, and other godly young women have on them. I really pray that as a church, Lord, in the community, we might in, in no way ever dishonor the word of God, that it might never be blasphemed because of us. I pray, Father, for homes and families to be built up in such a way that, that others would see through us to Jesus. And I pray this in his precious name. Amen. Amen and thank you, Pastor Steve. Even though our subject these past several days has been the characteristics of godly young women, I think there has been something in each of these lessons for every one of us. I hope you were as edified and challenged as I was. We're glad you were with us in class today. Verse by Verse is a daily Bible class of the air led by pastor-teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor at Lakeside since 1981. His ministry has expanded to include these classes adapted to radio by Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry made possible by the gifts and prayers of interested listeners who remain faithful to their own churches. 
Today's lesson was the conclusion of a three-part message about the characteristics of godly young women. If you would like to hear the entire message at once without any announcements, you can order a CD or a cassette by calling us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours. That number again is 727-441-1714. If you missed the start of class or any of the previous lessons in this series, it's easy to go back and catch up. Our website is versebyverseradio.org. You can listen to today's or any of a number of previous programs right there on our website. Or you can download the files for later. We offer a free podcasting service if you would like to automate things and be sure to have each program available on your computer or MP3 player. Maybe you know someone who is struggling in one of the areas Pastor Steve has been covering. Why not tell them about our website as a place where they can gain some biblical insight to their own situation? The archives page can be a great resource. That web address again is versebyverseradio.org. So far in this chapter of Titus, we have dealt with older men, older women, and younger women. I imagine that you cannot guess who is next. This is Peter Silseth saying please join us for the next verse by verse for a discussion about some godly characteristics that young men ought to display. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.